<laughs> hello, Chantel. Hello. And hello, everyone listening and watching. Welcome to the first episode of 2024 of the Sex and Horror Podcast with authors Dicey Grinner and Chantal Renee. Hey, yay! We're still alive! Yay. <laughs> we made it! We made it another year. Oh, um, I don't know how we survived last year. I thought 2020 was bad. Shit. Oh, uh, um, I had a blast in 2023, though. I'll tell you that. I did. I had a blast. I worked a lot, but I was so productive. And it was probably you know, was here in a, in a long but time. I, I got sick so much. Remember? It was like, what the yeah. Yeah, we got to do something different this year. What are you doing different this year? What did you, well, okay, what what did you learn from last year? I learned that I am going through premenopausal. (laughs) So I will easily stick a knife in someone's eyeball. (laughs) Okay, so not puberty, but the other P word, premenopausal, what is it, perimenopause? Yes. Okay, so you've learned that you're going through that, okay? And we, okay. Hold your arms up. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I feel like I was just thinking while I was walking my dog earlier that this is, this feels like another transition phase. Like my last major transition was around 30, I think. Well, you know, and each time I had a child, but I mean, like, as an overall person and life, I just felt like this is just a huge transition from who I was to who I am now. Do you feel it? Do you feel I 100% feel that. I mean, I got like five tattoos last year, three (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know I passed my midlife, you know, technical midlife a while back. I know I ain't going to live to be, you know, 100. But my God, I mean, if there was ever a midlife crisis here, it was this past year for me, which is also probably why I got sick so much because I was just constantly testing my body. You know, it's so it's so wild that you use the word midlife crisis because like you, I've had a chance to do a lot of thinking about that. I hadn't thought midlife crisis because I know midlife has already passed for me as well. Um, but uh, my husband said midlife crisis. People keep asking him, why am I traveling so much? That's what I did this year. That for me has been the thing that made has made me feel so alive. So since we last talked, I went to Punta Cana, Dominican Republic, and I spent a week at an all-inclusive resort, and I did nothing. I mean, I read, I read the whole time. I intended to do some writing. I never got to the writing, but I sat on the beach. I sat on my balcony. I had a suite, so I had all that space. All that balcony, it was a corner, and I was treated like a queen, like a goddess all week, and it was so amazing, and it's just, like, that is the type of experience I want to live now. Like, before it's all over, these are the type of things that I want to do, and I want more and more of that. I mean, I just, it was kind of mind-blowing. I was like, this is heaven to me. This is what I want to experience. This this is my happy place. And, uh, and I, I think... I think for me this year, my happy place came from spending time with more people that are creative and like mine, like us. We got to do a lot of stuff together from Mm -hmm. going out of town, doing events together to not just being on the podcast, but meeting and and writing and going to podcast events. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we did a lot of stuff this year. 
And then I got to go to, you know, the new location for Ravenwolf Manor. And I've been several times. I actually got to spend New Year's Eve there. So, I mean, I just feel like my creative self, I mean, was just thriving this year. I put out two books, got some yeah. short stories out for various um, uh, anthologies that are going to be coming out this year. So, yeah. I, you know, I feel like maybe I heard some good advice. So can I share it here with everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Because that, that kind of goes under what did you learn? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So going forward... You know, last year, I think my my big thing was be thankful you get to experience things because not everybody gets to experience those things, even if they're negative things, because that's part of what makes us grow. Well, this year, I feel like my mantra is going to be be genuinely happy for other people's achievements because, and this, this is a two-parter, because one, you, that means you could achieve it too. If these people can do it, so can you. That's right. Which means you got to put the actions in, but still, you can do it. And the the second part of that came from Dave Chappelle. Have you seen the new Dave Chappelle on Netflix? I watched it last night, yes. I love him. He made me laugh so hard. I watched it last night. I love his little, you know, thing when he said, hey, you know, you can't stop dreaming. And he's like, you know, you have to realize sometimes you're in someone else's dream. And you got to be, you know, like wonderful. And it goes along with like truly genuinely feel good for that person and celebrate them and applaud them, give them their flowers, let them know. Wonderful, man. Seriously, that's a wonderful achievement. And be genuine about it. Fake it till you make it at least. Because honestly, the more good you put out, the more it'll come back to you. So, you know, I really like that advice. I said, you know what? I need to, I need to take that advice like really because it came from two different sources, him and somebody else. So I thought, well, okay, world, you're trying to give me a message. I'm listening. Okay. Well, I'll add to that then, because I remember earlier last year, someone said like an action thing that you could do for that. Um, anytime somebody comes in your feed and they have something that you like, or that, you know, like they're they are posting about this luxury vacation, or they're posting about this brand new car, or they're posting about... Um, having a million, a million book sales or, you know, hitting or winning an award that you, you, you smash that like, and you say, that's for me, you know, like, so you're saying you're great. You're, you're happy for them, but that's for me. So like you call it to your own, um, or also, I mean, you know, yeah. So. I mean, it doesn't take, and you know what, it takes so much more energy to be angry and, and, and a hater, you know what I mean? It really, really does. And it, and you know, years ago, and, and maybe this generation doesn't doesn't have this knowledge. Um, I can't remember where I heard it, what book I read it in, or if I just saw it on TV or a TV show. But you know, you have to realize the amount of energy it takes to hate something else. Really, it, it poisons you. It gets in your body, and it just, and soon enough, you hate everything. And so yeah. hate yourself. And you just, why live like that? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had that epiphany. That hasn't been my issue. Um, not, you know, not for a minute anyway. My issue that, that I have to come away from 2023 and working on is kind of a little different. It's kind of the opposite. Uh, because of a lot of seeds that I planted and a lot of hard work that I have been through. Not saying a lot of people don't do a lot of hard work, but I mean, um, like I have done a lot of things 
and I am starting to reap the rewards of those things. Yeah. And, um, and I, and part of the motivation was to be able to give to other people, to be able to help other people. So every opportunity that I get, I'm sending a donation, I'm doing this, I'm sending that and I'm sending that. And I have just been blown away by the amount of unappreciative behavior I've gotten back. Like every single one, I started looking at people like I literally have been donating money given to people. And those are the main ones that will unfollow or like you're following thousands of people, but you're unfollow the one that actually sent you something as a tip or a gift. I know that people might be struggling with their art. So I'll commission a piece with them and then they'll bounce, you know, and I find that so irritating and disturbing. Like I could have just kept my money to myself. Why am I sitting around here trying to help all these people when I could, um, I could take another vacation. I could spend that shit on myself. I got kids that I could be spending on and I do, but I'm just saying that I, I don't owe anybody anything. This has been out of the goodness of my heart, but it is like, it, people have just been so ungrateful. I had somebody pop in my feed one day and it was just out of the blue while I was sitting up here pondering this thing. I was like, this is my villain origin story. Cause I'm about to say no to everybody from now on or just ignore people like you struggling. Oh, well, well maybe you should have worked as hard as I did. You know, just thinking something like that. Uh, I'm not saying this is right. I'm just saying that this is the, the process that I've been going through about it. And this person in my feed said, there are people mad with you because you're in a position to be able to help them. That's mind blowing to me. Like I really wanted to be in a position to help people, but this is the energy I'm getting back. So fuck all y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's silly. Yeah. But, but I mean, I'm just saying, so I'm going through this process on the other hand, when like there's people that I know and they've been there for me and, you know, and even whether they need it or not, like I'm sending people gifts just because they've been a good friend, just because they've been there, just because they've done that. And I'm looking more towards that. I'm looking more towards now being much more selective about who I give to, who I give my time to, who I give my energy to, who I give my donations to, everything. Like I'm much more selective now. And that just means that there's going to be a lot of people that I'm not going to do anything for again. It's like, oh, tough. And I'm just going to look at the people that I know have been there or I feel more discerning or led to. That's that's the, the metamorphosis that I'm going through right now. Um, being more selective on who I am actually trying to help. Not name one of these people. I can list on my hand like maybe five people that if I were in a pro if I were in a situation I needed help that I can call that could actually look out for me or that would. And after all these years, like if you all knew the shit that I have been through to get to this point, it seems like you would be happy for me instead of sitting up there, oh fuck this bitch, she in Italy and I'm over here struggling. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's Hey, I hope you enjoyed your 50. I hope you enjoyed your 100. I hope you enjoyed the groceries and the gas that I bought and all that. You know, I did it out of goodness in my heart, but that'll be your last because I'm going to be looking at people that I genuinely feel are grateful and appreciative before I do anything for anybody again. Well, you know, and I, I being raised in the trailer park, <laughs> okay, I can say this. And, and it's, you know, anybody with half a brain has heard God helps those who help themselves. You, the only thing you can help anybody do is wake up and be aware. That's the only thing we can help each other with. Because honestly, you give a man a dollar, he's going to come back for two. 
you can't help people with money because all money represents is energy, okay? And if you're giving them energy that they're not trying to actually create energy to earn, then they are going to never realize that they need to create that energy and grow and become and, and, and make it, you know, more of a, like, okay, I'll give you an example. A week and a half ago, I took my pup, my dog, everybody knows my rugby, and he's got a growth on his ear. He has to get it removed. $1,700 is going to cost me. Mm. Guess how much I've already got saved in not even two weeks, $1,400. Because I was determined and I still got a little more to go and I know I'm going to get it. And you know what? It's not about, you know, I had some money put up already and I found some money. I cleaned my house and I, I'm really bad. I'm really bad about sticking a couple hundred dollars here, three hundred dollars there and forgetting it's there. Uh -oh. So I found some money. So, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that you are the one who has to create that energy in your life. Girl, you can't be giving people things. And and I, I don't, I am, I come from poverty. And I was definitely, you know, there was a lot of times where, you know, we were eating literally some white rice because we had no food. But never, ever, ever would we beg for anything. My mom would go out and work. You know, she would go out and make the money. Or shit, she'd go out and shoplift, but still, she did it. She didn't ask somebody else to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and then that's what that's the way it is, right? You, you give a man a fish eats for a day, you teach him a fish eats for life. So, you giving people wins, even if it's a small thing, oh my God, I just got this job and I'm so excited. I'm going to be a checker at Walmart. Fan fucking fantastic, man. That's great. Yeah. Like, and, you know, you are well on your way to becoming independent and not needing anybody. Yeah, life is yeah. expensive, people. Shit is expensive at the, the free grocery store. How about yeah. two bags of chips, $1.99 each on sale? Both the seams are busted in the back. Think I ain't taking that shit back? That's $4. <laughs> That's like a pack of eggs. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't expect others to do for you. And I... I I've only ever given any money to a veteran. Anybody on the side of the road, if I see that they have that ID, I'm like, look, you may be able to go out and get a job, but you've got some genuine mental health issues and it might be really hard for you to get a job. So here's like a dollar. I don't give them a bunch, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I just, I don't believe in doing that. Not because I'm trying to be hateful or ugly to other people. I just know they're never gonna get out there and and really, if somebody needs a quarter or 25 cents, they're right there and I'm at the grocery store. Here, I've paid for people's stuff before. That's not a big deal. But you know, somebody who's not really, they're using their energy to beg on the street and you're going, you, you're wearing clean clothes. What the hell is this about? You know what I mean? I will continue to, um, I, I usually, you know, I'm pretty good tipper. I tip 20 to 25% wherever I go for people who are doing a service for me. I will continue to do that because that's, I feel like that's an exchange of energy. You're looking out for me. I'm looking out for you. And that's how I'm going to maneuver in 2024 instead of just um, calling myself trying to help people on their specific causes. Man, whatever. I've had to work two, three, four jobs at a time. Y'all can do the same. Yeah. And, and be a mom, especially and, and be a wife, and do all the things you've done. 
And it's just really sad that people would hate on you like that. But like I said, when we started talking, be be grateful that you, that person's in your life. Celebrate their achievements. Don't be don't be a hater, man. Because when you throw out that negative, it comes back to you. Yeah. Somebody telling you people are mad at you because you're going and doing stuff. That's not <laughs> that's not a way to approach another person. You know. That's no way to treat somebody who you consider a friend. I would have done block that motherfucker. I just want you to know that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all good. Um, uh, what is your word? I see some people talking about their words for the year. I've seen ease and I've seen abundance. Uh, my words last year were luxury, ease, and abundance. And I achieved that, I believe. This year, my, my word is focus. I had a dream the other night and I came out of it knowing that I needed to focus on specific tasks, specific goals so that I could reach those things. And I got to be more singularly focused on those things. So I came out of it like I need to focus and I'm still going to be all about me this year. Last year was all about me. 49 in my prime, um, you know, 2024, it's time to go. You know, these are these are the things that um, these are the mantras that I have that I'm working on. But I'm just going to be focusing on very specific things about about my development, my growth and my my achievements. What about you? What's your word? I mean, for me, I just think it's don't stop. You know, mm -hmm. I always get that image in my head of the guy digging the tunnel and he just, you know, he gives up in the next in the next little picture. It's like a little uh, cartoon that I've seen. And then he walks away with his pick and literally five feet more, he would hit the diamonds. Right. I've seen that. Yeah, that's powerful. That's a powerful cartoon illustration. I yeah. also remember the one where there's a woman laying on the ground and she's got a boot smashing her face on the ground. And then they pull the camera back and she's holding the boot. <laughs> yeah. That one of my favorite ones that I, I got from a law school professor right before we got ready to take an exam um, was this big old, frog holding the throat of this this swan or whatever it was that was about to eat him and so he his head was was in the swan's beak but he wasn't going down because he was choking that bird's neck like this and it was never give up and that just always yeah. stayed with me never give up like i'm gonna choke your neck before you eat me well, I feel like we've planted a lot of seeds, you and I, these past few years. Yeah, since 2020, you know, since the lockdown came out, we came out of that, both of us going, we are determined to just get out there and let people know who we are. And we've been doing that. And we haven't stopped. Yeah. And I, I think only like this last Houston Horror Film Fest event we missed, um, I think that's been like the first time neither of us have been there and since they've had events. Yeah. And I was I was actually this when I almost broke my toe, <laughs> which is almost healed now. It's no longer so horrible, and you were out of town. But you know we are planting our seeds, and I know that crop's going to come in. You know, and, and we just got to keep doing it. And and I tell everyone who hears us or sees us, do it. No one yeah. else is going to do it for you. That's a message to everybody going into 2024. Don't give up. Never give up. Don't stop. Keep going. Yeah. So we are almost 20 minutes in before we have a chance to even talk about this movie, Salt Burn. Yes. I saw this movie like a, what, a week and a half ago and I texted you immediately. 
Yeah. I'm like, you have to watch this shit. <laughs> and, and I've been traveling because after going to Kana, I met my family in North Carolina. You know, that's where I'm from originally. So I had a chance to visit with my, my mom and dad and, and a bunch of uh, uh, friends that I've had since we were kids. Since a lot of us have been passing, um, a group of us, well, not not as a group, but individually, I met with some of my longtime friends. So it was good to see them. Um, but so so I didn't have a chance to watch it until earlier today. So this is fresh for me. But you know, I love this. I lo- you know, anytime you're gonna give me some. Some uh, some hardcore bold scenes like this. I'm like, yes, you went there, you went there. So I was feeling this, and when I saw it, when I when I saw the first trailer, I was like, is this a remake of Mr. Uh, Talented Mr. Ripley? Did you see that movie with Matt Damon? Yes. Yes. Did you think it was like it was gonna be like that? Um, I did not. No, I did not. But I had, you know. I mean, I just, I, I, I think I was confused because someone had made me think it was horror, which it was, it is, but you don't realize it's horror till the end. Yeah, it's, it's thriller-ish, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I don't know, I mean, I guess we need to let people know, if you haven't seen this yet and you plan on seeing it, you may not want to listen for the rest That's of this right. show. That's uh, right. Come back, pause and come back. Yes, good point, because we're going to spoil the heck out of this, because we've got some things <laughs> It's to impossible talk. not to. Yeah, this this is what you know. This is a great way to kick off the sex and horror podcast because it's given. It's given sex and horror. A hundred percent. So in this movie, okay. First of all, I thought it was interesting. Just so you know, maybe after we've talked about it enough, people will find this interesting too. But do you know that? And I just thought this must have been something the creator of this story had in the back of her head. But if you add salt to ice like ice an iced drink you can actually create freezer burn or frostbite on your skin and it kills organisms like plants and smaller animals and it could actually probably put someone in the hospital because it makes your temperature plummet oh okay no i didn't know that unexpectedly and it's the invisible killer of a lot of plants hey i got balloons where did those balloons come in from? You just I, did quote. <laughs> <laughs> you must have hit a button or something, but okay. All right. Uh, what's his name? Otis? No. What was his name? Ol- Oliver? Yes. Oliver. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Oliver. <laughs> okay. So, so salt burn, you feel like that that wording was chosen for a particular reason? Yeah, definitely. The hidden killer, the the um, unforeseen uh, thing that can make a situation turn deadly, basically. Okay, okay. I like that. Thank you for adding that, giving us that nerdy little tidbit there. <laughs> uh, okay, salt burn. Okay, so in the in this movie, I I watched it because of Jacob uh, Jacob Elordi. Uh, also known as Jacob. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him from uh, the Kissing Booth movies. That's when oh, I yes. 
Yeah. And then he he lights it up on Euphoria, too, if you haven't watched Euphoria. That's the one that Jeffrey Reddick was telling us about when he was on here, the creator of um, of the, the Final Destination movies. Mm-hmm. When he was telling us about Euphoria, after that, I watched Euphoria. So Jacob is on there, too. And mm-hmm. and so I watched it because of him. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was it's given. So let's talk about it. You want to tell you want to tell our listeners generally what it's about before we get into some. I got I got a whole list of questions and and things I want to discuss about it here. Well, this is a movie set at a call. It's a college uh, campus setting in the beginning. Um, I never really got if they were seniors, juniors. I didn't really ever. I don't think even though they even talked about anything like that, but these people are all on, is it Cambridge they're going to or something like that in England? They were at Oxford. Oxford. That's what it was. And so they're all in school together and our lead guy, uh, Oliver, is new to the campus and he's one of two people that are new for the year. And... um, Immediately, we can tell he's he's a loner. He's very, like he the second guy who's there with him, the new guy. They and I think they don't they're not roommates, but they somehow find each other because you know they're the two new guys. And um, immediately you realize, okay, there's something off about this other dude because he's a weirdo and the shit he says. You're like, what the fuck? But again, it, you know. Being that I've known magicians so much in my life, this is just a diversion tactic. Because really what you should be seeing immediately is how very quiet, one, Oliver is, and two, how very observant he is of everything. And so we're watching him see things, and he is slowly observing this big clique of individuals on campus that spend a lot of time together and he seems to be obsessing a bit over a specific individual in this group. So you can't really ever tell is it that he finds this person attractive or is it that this person has money and has influence and everybody gravitates towards this person. And so therefore he finds it you know, intriguing. He finds him intriguing. <clears throat> but he never acts like he's gay necessarily. I think if I if I had to pinpoint it later, I would have said he was more pan than he was anything. Because um, I definitely wouldn't say he was bi. His sexuality just seemed to be fluid. So, um, <clears throat> yes. So he finds a way to not now i want you to think about this right he goes to the counselor i think it is first with the young man that was close like the best friend of the of the i can't remember the, the two guys names now yeah well i mean we don't you don't have to give a full rundown just you know like a general yeah. general but what's a happening. comment that i was going to make there is that he literally starts to befriend the best friend, but not really friending him as much as observing him right. in front of another teacher or in front of a teacher. And there, and you can, I, I thought it was interesting at first because I thought this is random. He's in this, in this counseling session or tutoring session or whatever he was in with this other guy who is always with 
the guy he stares at all the time. But later you discover he intended that. Mm-hmm. Everything he did was very calculated and very manipulative, which I think is is kind of uh, genius, actually. Um, uh, he uh, so this this is giving male version of single white female. That's another oh, movie. Sure. Yeah, it reminds me of so. And in these type of scenarios, when there's some obsession like that, you can never tell, and, and you kind of alluded to this a minute ago, but I'm just going to put it in different words. You can never tell if they want to be you or if they want to be with you. Correct. Because in both, either way, it's, it's a dangerous position to be in. <laughs> but it's like when someone is that close and wanting to get that close to you, and they're manipulating all sorts of circumstances so that, that they can, you know, it's dangerous. And it, it and I still don't really know if he really wanted to be with him and then things kind of took a different turn or I, if he wanted all along for things to end up the way they were in the end where he was in Saltburn. You know what right. I mean? Now, where just so everybody knows, Saltburn is the name of a large piece of property that um, for the guy's name that was was the one he was obsessed over. Um, it was his family's home. It was an estate, yeah, a like estate. a mansion, estate, yes. all land. And honestly, the whole and we're gonna eventually. I know I'm jumping real quick, but I think the grave scene proved that he did genuinely want him. Mm-hmm. And the bathtub scene. <laughs> okay, before we get to those then, uh, because obviously we got to talk about those things. I'm coming. I'm gonna come to those. Yeah, I'm obviously gonna come to those things for yes. sure. All right, these are the things. These are the things that I learned from Saltburn. One, the rich suck and they're bored. hundred and twenty percent. I could have told you that years ago, girl. The rich. So we see this like mom is telling everybody's business. She's actually she's acting acting like she's their friend and talking behind their back. She is just straight conniving. Um, they bring this guy in. He's got a pet every year. You know, they always fool with the sister. You know, you got uh, the family is a hot ass mess. Okay. And it's kind of difficult to like them. Obviously, you don't want what happens to them to happen. Do you? Do you want that? <laughs> I got to ask. I got to check in with you. But they, they're terrible and they're bored. And so they got money to just kind of do whatever they want to do and fuck off with. And just, you know, and, and people get caught in the crosshairs of that. Even when they put old girl out, they put out her friend who had been staying with them for a while. And then when they find out that she has died by suicide, the lady is like, oh, she'd do anything for attention. Yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. They're terrible people, okay? So we got these this rich family that has more money than they know what to do with. And, and they're not nice people and they're bored. And that's a bad combination because they got money to just treat people in any kind of way. And not only that, but also live their life in any way, which a lot, they were very unhealthy and very, not just physically, but mentally too. Like they That's were not, right. yeah. Yeah, even when um, when 
Jacob's character. I can't now that I've said his name is Jacob Elordi. I can't even remember what his name in the on the the, the uh, movie was. But when he died, they all they just gotta go and have lunch. Like it's lunch time. Yeah. I was cracking up at that part. They just sitting up there acting like nothing has happened. They gotta get through lunch and eat while while the coroners are out there willing away this this <laughs> beloved family member. <laughs> okay. So number two that I learned from Saltburn. You can't trust strangers if you're rich. And that's and that's pretty much across the board. No really. matter how much you can. <laughs> yeah. This no matter why, how sad and pathetic they may seem to you. That's right. If you all are not equally yoked, I mean, this is why rich people kind of Felix. Felix, yeah, that's Felix that's, is the boy he's obsessed with. The what they want to do, um, um this is why rich people tend to stay with other rich people. You know, um, it, it's kind of difficult to social climb into rich categories. They got to have their walls up because they don't know your motives and your intentions because you could be like this dude, scheming, conniving, you know? And so you just cannot, you can't trust people. If you don't know the family that they come from, man, you on your own. I'm just not about to, to trust you to bring you into my household yeah. for you to I mean he just he, he was he, manipulating everyone he took the whole dynasty down you know oh, yes. one, one by one so the best friend was Farley okay and he was like there he was almost like around them since they were kids him and the sister her name was Annabelle yeah and so they were they were all three inseparable and then Apparently, um, Alex would bring home someone new every summer mm -hmm. to entertain the family with. Basically. Mm -hmm. Yep. And even in, in, in on this this topic of trusting strangers, even when um, Farley was that his name you said? Mm -hmm. Okay. Even when Farley was falling out with them, because he was still someone that they knew for so long. He could still just come right back. Like he still was was coming back and and being welcomed and everything because they knew him and you know like you can trust the devil you know, but yeah. the stranger on the other hand is dangerous. Like if you didn't grow up with him, he needed to stay out. Circle of trust, yeah. Oliver. He needed to be. He needed to be over here. He did not need well, to. Well, the sister. Circle. The sister described him perfectly. She said, you're like a moth. You come yep. in and you leave your holes in everything. Yep, she sure did. Yeah. And, and she ended up dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her parents suicide. Don't trust those strangers. All right, yeah. number three. When you find out someone has lied, get away from them. That's on my list to talk about. Like, how much are you going to put up with some bullshit from somebody? How far? I mean, that lie was... <laughs> it, so Oliver tells Felix that his father's dead because he's a drug addict and the mother's a drug addict. So Felix sees Oliver ignoring calls from the mother and talks to her, gets their address and takes them there. 
spoiler <laughs> alert here, obviously the father is well alive. They are in a, a I would say what, a, an upper, middle to upper class family. Class definitely not poor. Mom is no. definitely not a drug addict. They're doing well. No. They're like, where have you been? Why are you not talking to us? What's wrong? Yeah. And he had completely lied about everything. Yes, so everything. He, and had been filling his parents full of lies about his position at school, what he was doing there, where he was working. So, I mean, all of that, once you see somebody as that fucking nuts, immediately get away from them. Immediately. And that's where Felix messed up. He knew that that meant that this Oliver is not who he thinks he is, but he decided, well, let's go ahead with the party. Right, because that, the mother wanted to throw a big party for Oliver's birthday. That was the fatal flaw for him. Felix yeah, yeah. should have gotten away. Like, if you're going to lie about this, there is no telling what else you're lying about. So, I cannot get around you. He clearly was dangerous. So let me let me bring this to real life, folks. Okay. You know, everybody says, oh, this is just a story. This is just a book. These aren't things necessarily that are happening in life for real. You know, guess what? A lady that I work with was with a man about two years ago that I think they've been, maybe it's been like a year and a half they broke up. He had, they had been together for six, seven years or yeah, something like that. People, he had told her a, his father had died. That he had had cancer once, survived it. Then he had cancer again. He was telling her all these, like he was going to treatments, medical treatments. And then she found out that he was seeing someone else on his cell phone. You know how us women like to snoop. And when we feel something, we feel something. So she snooped and found this other woman, all these texts between him and another woman. Then she come to find out who's this, his aunt, like his aunt, he was, his aunt was always forever calling. And so she went to call the aunt and it was his father. He had literally re-put in his cell phone the name of his aunt for his father. For <laughs> all those years, she thought the father was dead and wasn't, no, it was, and then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't go to his family house. You've been together a long time. No, 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 no. He just didn't care for them. He didn't want to be around them. Okay. And you didn't go with him to any of your doctor's appointments? He's like, oh, no, no, no. I would take him to the clinic, and then I would come and pick him up. He was always waiting for me in the park. You, I have never seen a time when you know, when you found, when you find out that somebody is a liar, where it works out and everything ends up being okay. It always is a bad ending. It always goes terribly. There has never been a time when they have actually been a good person. Like anytime you find out somebody is lying, yeah. there is definitely some worse things that's going on with that. It's a whole character flaw. It yeah. is a bad thing when when you and find it's out. Different. It's this different. Somebody, yeah, it's different. Somebody tells you, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I took that that thing to the goodwill, and then they really gave it to a friend. Right. Okay. Some people. Or, that's called social lying. People. That's. It's not because for whatever reason in their mind, they just don't want to tell you that they gave it to a friend or they just think it doesn't make them seem very generous. Like maybe if they gave it away to more poor or needier people, 
you know, there's so many things that there are so many layers of manipulation the human psyche will actually do in the world. But when we get to the point where you're telling people that someone is dead that isn't, that you have an illness that you don't, there is there is either going to be drugs involved, mm -hmm. someone who's about to put a knife up in you, <laughs> or poison your motherfucking ass. Yeah, it's gonna go yeah, you've got to get out of that situation. Yeah. That was like Felix fucked up. Baby. Yep. Yeah. He should never, 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 never. Even if you're going to have the party, it's no, they didn't even know, they didn't even know Oliver anyway. Yeah. They didn't, know, they didn't even know his name. When they got to the happy birthday to you, they didn't even remember his name. And they were so fucked you know? up, everybody was giggling. Yeah, just go, go ahead and have the party if everybody's coming. But Felix doesn't need, I mean, Oliver does not need to be at that party. Yeah. That's it. That's that's the end of you and Oliver. So, yeah, that's that's where Felix. But that was. wasn't even, that wasn't even the first sign. The first sign was when he started talking shit about Farley. To Felix, oh, you, when he when Farley saw him going down on the sister Annabelle, yeah, in the middle of the outside garden at that, yeah, and said something to him, and then told Felix, and then Felix got angry. Felix and, and Farley had known each other for years. Yeah, why would he believe Oliver over Felix? Yeah, I mean, yeah over he, Farley. That's true. He did. He was intentionally sowing discord amongst them. He was taking information that he heard on each of them and using that against them, trying to pull them apart and stuff like that. But you're right. Why would Felix automatically take Oliver's word over Farley since he's known him all that long? Yeah. yeah. Good point. Like, so in other words, that stranger thing, like if this is someone that you've grown up with, you might want to listen to them a little bit more than this stranger. Yeah. And I honestly think he was obsessed with Felix to the point that, you know, when, okay, so is there any, do you want to, before we move on to the end of the movie, continue to talk and we'll come back to that. Okay, okay. So, because um, we're going to get to those saints for sure. Uh, number four, some people are just evil. no reason to do the things that he did. He was just a bad seed. Like, so he was just evil. Well, that he did, he was evil. But I honestly think and this is going to be my take on the end. So that's why I said Okay. I don't, I don't know we should talk about it yet. <laughs> okay, let's go back to it then. Okay, go ahead. Um, he well, was. He was an evil motherfucker. I ain't saying he wasn't. I guess, I guess we could talk about the end then. Uh, this it, it, Does it fall under him being evil? What, what do you want to say? So here's how I feel about it. He was truly in love with or really infatuated with Felix. And there's a couple of things that happen we'll discuss in a few minutes that tell us he is beyond infatuated with this other He's person. Obsessed. Yes. He's yes. obsessed in a very unhealthy way. Yeah. And I feel as if when he killed him, because he did it very subtly, mm -hmm. and he did it where it couldn't be traced back to him, mm -hmm. um, and he threw up, he got mm -hmm. really upset and was like just horrified and, and, and like really just these horrible sobs and 
deep sadness because he knew what he had done. Yeah. And when the sister, I, I feel like he, he was mad. I feel like he was angry with these people and that he blamed them for what had happened. Even though it was his own fault and he got caught in his lies, he blamed them for basically poisoning Felix against him. Hmm. And so when he when he tried to latch on a little bit to the sister, because he had already done some sexual stuff with her, mm-hmm. um, and she basically said, you know, you're a moth, you leave your holes, I see you, and you need to get away from us. Then the sister ends up dead the next morning for a parent suicide in the bathtub. Um, and then the father is like, I need you to go, you've been here too long, and he's there with the mother tries to pay him to leave and he doesn't take the money and then he leaves. And so of course we know he manipulates to run into the mother later after the father's dad. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that, he was still punishing them. He was still angry because he felt as, because then at the end we see, he's telling us the story, by the way, through the whole movie of what happened and how he felt about stuff. And at the end, he's literally just like, Toying, the mother is so sick she's on a respirator because he's been poisoning her. <laughs> and he and he basically pulls the plug and kills her. But I realized this guy is so obsessed still with Felix and felt that these people had made Felix the way he was so that he had to change his personality and who he was to appease Felix to get his attention like, I feel like he was like, these people are poison and they ruined Felix before I had a chance to be with him. Hmm. So I feel like he was taking revenge upon them. Okay. So what you're saying is he's evil, but he had a good reason. He didn't have a good reason. There was no sanity to what he was doing. He, he was evil. You agree with him being evil, but you could understand. Uh, and, and I did have a question about that written down. Do you empathize with Oliver? Like, I don't think so. I don't think he had a right to do any of the things he did. But you could understand how he got there. Yeah. Like there was some reason. It was a totally unethical, aberrative, crazy, twisted, up the ass reason. But I could follow the reason. (laughs) Well, you know, there was one time when... I did feel bad for him, and and it's it's bad because he's because I like I said I think he's evil, but when he was so hurt and so crushed when when he knew he'd messed up when his lies caught up with him and he was like I just wanted to be your friend I just wanted you to like me you know I could feel that desperation. Kudos to the actor for this, but because I felt him like he was so desperate to be wanting to be accepted and to be loved and i empathize with that element of but that was even a lie you think girl that's when he was intentionally gonna throw the bottle at him that was poisoned so he was doing all that extra drama and then he went and threw up right he shoved the bottle at him and ran and threw up all dramatically it was a lie even that was a lie I, di- I didn't think that part was a lie. I, th- I thought I that think, was his real motivation. I thought I that think was- his 
Girl motivation was he just wanted Felix. He would not have fucked the man's grave. <laughs> he just wanted to be his friend. <laughs> I mean, I know, I, but I mean, I felt like he really wanted to be loved and accepted by Felix. I, I didn't think he was being well, manipulative about that. That's just I what know. I got from it. I felt like he really, really did want, he, he wanted everybody else like, he wanted Felix isolated so he could have him to himself, yeah. which is why he was getting rid of Farley, and that's why he cut off the sister. You know, like, he really wanted to be with Felix or be Felix. You know, like I said, I'm not sure about that. But I felt his desperation, like, he did. I, did, I didn't think he was being manipulative about that. He just realized that it was too late. He had been caught, and so then it was like, now... Uh, Felix, and now Oliver 2.0 is entering the scene. He's going to kill everybody. That's just what well, I got. I, I tell you why I think that that wasn't real and genuine because of his personality switch. When he first was sexual with the sister, he became, instead of this quiet, shy, holding back guy, all of a sudden he became this dom. Like, I said, you're going to eat your meal. And I said, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And his 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 personality switched, and then he tried to do that with Farley. I do. I have I have some something on here on that about the, you know him him being a, a good actor and everything. I mean the character being a good actor. Yeah. But yeah. I I felt like all I thought everything was still for the purpose of of being with Felix. That's that's what I thought. Cool. Yeah, for sure. He was definitely trying to manipulate everything to end up with him yeah okay um the next thing that i i got from this was that short men are hung like that one so they made they had this scene where they made a big deal out of when Oliver got naked and went into the the field with them and they're all naked and we're like, hmm, you know, that's a shock or that's a surprise or something like that. And and not to mention, you know, Oliver's dancing around like full frontal nude at the end. Anyway, he's just skipping around because he just beat everybody at their game. And he's just just rolling around nude. And, you know, so you can see everything that he's working with there. But, I mean, I, I'm not putting this in here to be serious. But it is something that other people have said, too. Would yeah. you find no. that true? Well, I wonder, too, also, was it a prosthetic? Because we've discussed this with other actors. True. They put a lot of prosthetics on actors these days. That's and true. if it was a prosthetic, I could see how he was prancing around, letting it flip and flop everywhere, because he's like, look at this. <laughs> look at that. Woo. <laughs> I didn't think it was a prosthetic, but hey, you never know. You're right. They do use prosthetics a lot. I didn't think it was, but hey, you know. But I mean, in general, have you heard that? Haven't you heard that short men are hung? No. You know, you haven't. I heard shirt short and skinny. Short oh, and skinny. Okay. Uh, anyway. So yeah. Um, well, I can say my ex-husband was neither of those, and he was quite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number six. Uh, I learned from Saltburn that Jacob Elordi is still fine as fuck. 
Yeah. All right, moving right along. <laughs> Number seven. All right. When you get rid of terrible people, when you when you find out somebody does not have your best interest at heart, when you have seen the evil, when the mask has slipped, when you have seen beyond who they really have been trying to portray to who they really are, and you get rid of them, never, ever, ever allow them back. Yeah. Yeah. So after all that, they finally got this dude out of the house. Oliver was finally gone. And then this lady, the mom, invites him back to Saltburn. <laughs> invites him back to yeah. <laughs> Yes, and everybody, her entire family is gone at this point. <laughs> and you know, like, and then you think, well, maybe she just wanted to get a piece of that. I don't know. <laughs> What was she thinking? She wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't go backwards. That's the end of that. Be and happy. Signed everything over to him. Yeah. Like, be happy you escaped with your life. But no, she invites the enemy right back so that he can finish her off. Yeah. All right. Number eight. And you're going to love this one. Okay. And we talked so long in the beginning that we're already over 50 minutes. <laughs> we talked quick. I knew we were gonna have a ball talking about salt burn. I should have cut our, you know, our discussion in the beginning it's down. Okay. You know, it's the first time that we came back, you know, blah, whatever. Maybe I'll split it up in two. We'll see. Uh, number eight, shy guys, the quiet ones, are actually sex freaks. For sure. Yeah, same with girls. <laughs> same with women. It's the shy, quiet ones you really got to worry about. Not the ones that are all talking, talking like I talk a lot. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Not anymore. But yeah, he, Oliver was really getting down. And 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 I, I guess I need to hurry up and get through this so that we can get to what he was doing. Why we? Why I say he's a sex freak. All right, number nine, obsessive love is dangerous love. Now I, I absolutely love movies about obsession. Like I watch all of them. I can remember some of my you, favorite, yeah. like David's Bridal. Is that the name of it? David's Bridal. Yeah, this is uh, this is another one where a guy. This is when a guy, a uh, middle-aged man, is obsessed with his his son's friend and that's amazing you know uh also dangerous liaisons is that the name of it the one with uh or or is it did danger dangerous uh anyway uh jeremy iron is in that one but i love it when there's some obsession going on and people just are not able or don't exercise control over their urges when they want somebody that bad. I, I really enjoy that. But it's dangerous. It is dangerous. Yeah. Number yeah. 10, and it's my last one. There's a thin line between love and hate. Oh, yeah. He hated them, but he loved them. 
He hated. He even said it himself. He kept saying, "I hate, 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 hate." But at the same time, he kept saying he loved, love, 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 love. So which is it? It was both. It was it was such a thin line that it just you know sometimes it felt like hate, sometimes it felt like love. But yeah. yeah. And I tell you this: the reason that is that way is when you are so angry with something, it's because part of you is jealous. And part of you kind of wants what that thing has. And so you just have this fury at, at the thing. And you may actually have a legitimate reason for being angry. But if you dig deep enough into that anger and that hate, there could be something there that that part of you has an admiration for. Mm. It's a weird thing. But yes. And, and, and it's unhealthy. There's never a healthy love-hate. Yeah. It's, it's very always, toxic. Yeah, it's yeah. very toxic. It's toxic. Which one of the sex scenes was the most shocking to you? Or so, scene, period? We pretty much talked about almost uh, only two things on my list we didn't talk about. One of them we're about to talk about is mm-hmm. the price we pay for our sexual freedom. Mm. In, this, in this movie, we see it. So... Of course, Felix is this beautiful, handsome man in college, prime of his life. He's getting all these women. And um, he has that aura that's circling him, that sexual energy. So he naturally starts attracting people like Oliver and pretty much anyone who with eyeballs because they just... But Oliver was a deadly thing that he attracted. And so Oliver's sexual freedom was also quite open, but he wanted to only have sexual connection to things that either Felix had had sex with or things Felix loved. Mm -hmm. Because at one point he almost had sex with a girl who Felix ghosted. The second time he has sexual encounter with the sister Mm-hmm. The third time he has a sexual encounter with Farley. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so all this is all orbiting Felix. It's never just some rando. Yeah. It was a way for him to feel closer to Felix. Cause he's yeah. even, there's a voyeur scene where he's watching him masturbate in the tub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and did you get, did you get from it that, Felix knew he was watching? No. What about later on when Felix had the door locked? So it, and I, at, at the time I was thinking Felix doesn't know, but later on when he was in the tub doing it, because you hear him moaning, um, Oliver went to open the door because it wasn't cracked this time and it was locked. And it was, and then they kind of, um, the next morning, um, or uh, whatever, after that, when they were in the same bathroom, uh, Felix gave him kind of a look, you know, like he deliberately locked him out that time. Like, I know you've been watching me, but not this time. Okay, maybe. I, I just, you know, it was just So that's that- an interesting thing. I didn't catch that, but maybe he had been knowing that Oliver had been watching him because he also was watching him outside his window at school right. having sex with a girl. Right. So I wonder if Felix kind of knew Oliver had an obsession with him, which makes sense, right? 
yeah. because he'd want to play and flirt around with some of that because he liked that attention that he got from others. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the bathtub drinking his bath water scene. <laughs> I was so repulsed. I was so disgusted. Like I mean, oh. every part of that was wrong. <laughs> so in case I didn't spell it out, Oliver is he is watching. This is the time where he's watching um, Felix yeah. masturbate in the tub. And when Felix gets out and lets his bath water out, there's some left going down the drain and Oliver starts sucking it. I mean, he is tonguing the whole of the tub. Yes. That's how bad this nigga got it. He's, oh my God, it's so bad. <laughs> it is so, First, we know from this scene and the other scene where he is fingering and having, you know, eating, licking his fingers when the sister is on her period. We know that Oliver does not have any issues with bodily fluids. No fluids at all. He is drinking dirty bath water and he is sucking blood. He's got his red wings. Yes. (laughs) He said he was a vampire. So, yeah. Um, did you think any of those scenes were hot at all or just disturbing? Um, being horror junkies that we are, I always find a little bit of sexual energy in weird, creepy shit, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I definitely felt that there was some there. And it just goes to show, to me, it was like, there was nothing that I found attractive about Oliver at all until he started doing these disgusting things. How weird is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's really fucked up. I'm just gonna... No, I know, because it was kind of like, oh, this dude down for anything, you know? Like, you yeah. know, the sexual freedom part that comes with that. Like, like, I could go for a jog and have some really swamp ass, and this motherfucker wouldn't care. He don't care. He don't care. Like he, I, I didn't see a boundary, which brings me to the other scene, and I knew he was about to go there, cause he is out there. He is balling on top of Felix's freshly dug grave. There is fresh dirt. It is raining, so it turns to mud, and he starts peeling his clothes off and humping the grass, uh, humping the mud, the dirt. I knew he was about to do that. He was out there crying and boohooing. I was like, this dude is about to fuck his grave. He literally pulls his penis out and sticks (laughs) it in the ground and fucks the grave. (laughs) I knew he was about to do it. Like, if he could have dug up the grave and fucked the corpse, he would have. He absolutely would have. Yeah. Absolutely would have. I got from that, though, yes, he was upset that Felix was gone, but I also got that he was upset because he never got a chance to get to that place with him. Like he, here's he the other thing, though. Let me just say. To be able to engage, and it's like he blew it, and he never got an opportunity to do that. I like, feel like with this 
with the level of of disturbing disturbedness this individual had, even if he had gotten to a point where Felix was like, yes, let's let's do this, he would have killed him. <laughs> because he was just he wouldn't have been happy with something he could have. He, he, have, he was gonna end up killing Felix. Is that he what you're saying? Felix. Kind of like uh, Joe on you, right? Right. He, he can't. He can't grasp that he covets something so strongly. He ends up killing it because he doesn't really know what real love is. He only knows what obsession is. I agree. Yeah, I can see that. Like either way, he was going to end up killing uh, Felix at any point. If Felix, because he's so loved by everybody, man and woman, he was going to eventually branch out and get with somebody else. And Oliver, at one point, was going to lose it over that. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but we have this dude fucking the grave in this movie. And to me, I love that. I love that the writers, the directors, the actors, everybody went there. That is bold uh, filmmaking that I love. A hundred percent. Can you imagine filming that scene? <laughs> I love it. Like, yes, thank you. Because listen, how what how often do we see that? And that's what I'm looking for. I like things that that go above and beyond and and, and are are daring and bringing me something that I'm not seeing all the time. So yeah. yes. Well, I mean, it's just like what a couple of years ago, three years ago or so now, two two years ago, when you had me going on the deep dives through Pornhub and seeing all this crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, people are into some really fucking crazy shit. But yeah. it's not even with your friends when you're drinking, you're not gonna sit there and go, "Oh my god, you're gonna laugh, man." My girlfriend took a bath and she masturbated and I licked up the fucking water. You're not going to ever say that to somebody. <laughs> so yeah. like, it's such an awkward and private moment, but also really wrong and horrific. So they did such a wonderful job in bringing us moments like that. And I think that's why this movie will forever be remembered. And that's why I wanted to do an entire episode about it. Because yeah. this is not normal. This is, this is some really bold cinema like the past uh, couple of horror movies we've talked about with our um uh, uh gosh where evil lurks and terrified right yeah. terrified i mean bold moves in these movies that not are just visually like oh my god but the emotional level that uh, of humanness and layers that you're going through to experience this and to see humans do crazy shit like this. They do crazy shit like this. There there are, and you know, because you have been on the side and, and again, things people don't talk about, but you know murderers, if they're so obsessed with someone, they will fuck a corpse after they've killed someone. Yeah. That was, so, a, that was another thing I was wondering, especially when he snuck into uh, Farley's room and, you know, he was basically um, that, I don't know if that falls under consensual, non-consensual act that was happening there, because he was like, you're going to pay for this. You know, like he is basically forcing him to enjoy that moment. That felt more like a, 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 um, um, a forceful thing, like he's trying to control it. This is a, oh, 100%. I'm, I'm, ex I'm exhorting my dominance over you. 
Um, and so it was real interesting. He did that with him and he did that with the sister. And the height between him and Felix, like they were night and day. It's like he was not able to dominate Felix in any way, even though he tried. And maybe being on that grave was the only shot he had at getting his dominance over Felix. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> Checking the, the, the last thing I will say, and I've said it before, guys, believe people when they tell you what they're about. Yeah. I mean, believe them because, you know, I think even in the beginning, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just really a nobody. Like, he was saying things like that because he really was. But he was also trying to attract that moth, that, that, he was trying to be the flame, even though he was the moth to the flame, which was Felix. And so, you know, people make fun of, you know, oh, gaslighting is such a uh, thing. People people make fun of people talking about being gaslighted and, and you know, like, oh, you're just being a wimp. You're, you know, no. <laughs> people, when you see people that are lying, manipulative, and that are simply telling you, Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Even if they're they're laughing about, it, oh my God, I'm such a, you know, I'm such a jackass. Sometimes I will totally take advantage, you know. And then they're laughing about something like trying to make it a joke. They're telling you the fucking truth. Yeah, for sure. So listen for what who, because I do that, you know. Whenever I'm joking with my girlfriends, I'm like, y'all know I'm such a bitch, and I'm like, I really am. Joke. I'm joking. Oh, not. Well, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, I don't have this tattooed on my body for no fucking reason. <laughs> around to find out. That's, That's right. Tattoo for those of you who are just listening and not watching. Yeah. Around and find out. All right. Well, we have gone over an hour. Hour. We're at an hour and ten now. But this was such a fun movie to watch, and I know you sent me a lot more uh, recommendations that I need to get to. I've been working on other stuff, and I've just been taking a vacation, so I have not gotten to them yet. But I will watch them, and hopefully, they're just as good, and we could do another full episode on some of these other things because I enjoyed this. More of this. More of this, yeah. Well, these are definitely few and far between, but I definitely want to go dig in. I actually got another recommendation from somebody on Facebook who was talking about this movie. Okay, yeah. For me, so and I people, go back to that. people ask me all the time when 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 I meet them and I say I have a sex and horror podcast, they'll be like, "Well, what like what is that?" You know, and then I'll talk about the guests that we have and and all that. But when I'm when I'm talking about the theme sex and horror, this movie encapsulates that. It is all of that in one, and that's you know great. More more of that. I, I love to. Yes, discuss it. it was so good. Yeah, we could do a deep dive in these things, yeah. these concepts. So I enjoy that. Make it more intellectual, also. All yeah. right, well, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful start. Happy New Year, and we look forward to razzling and dazzling you with more content like this. And um, as we wrap up our, we're still in our fifth season right now, but through from now through June, yes. we uh, hopefully we'll have some more fun and exciting things. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>